Welcome to The Point Podcast. At The Point, we point high school students to Jesus because we believe that Jesus is better than anything else that this world has to offer. We hope that this podcast is an encouragement to you in your walk with Christ, but that it does not replace the time you're already spending with the Lord. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our awesome high school youth pastor, my husband, Justin Kinley. Hey y'all, happy Wednesday. That means tonight is student night. Can't wait to see you there. Hope you're bringing someone with you. Hope you're ready to come. Man, it's just going to be an awesome, awesome night. But today we're continuing to walk through 2 Kings chapter 10. And we are finishing chapter 10 today, verse 28 through 36, the rest of the chapter. And it's kind of the end of Jehu's time. And so I want us to think back because we met a lot of kings, right? And so I want to encourage you, maybe you're uh, you're just starting to listen to this episode and you're going to go back and listen to a lot of them. I'd encourage you, it's, it's It's not a sin to write in your Bible, right? I'd encourage you just take a little pen and every time you read about a king, just just put a little X if it was a bad king or a check mark beside the king if it was a good king. That way it just kind of helps you remember. It helps you kind of be thinking through what you're looking for. And and remember, just a reminder as we're going through first and second kings, um, really the metric for a good king versus a bad king is this. A good king drives out idol worship from the land, but a bad king brings idol worship into the land. So that's what good kings and bad kings do. And it's a little bit more nuanced than that, but that's about the simplest form. So so think about this. The last two chapters, we've been looking at this man named Jehu. God raises up Jehu. He appoints him over Israel. Um, He's not a lineage and descendant of the king above him, but God appoints him separately. He comes in and he wipes out all of Ahab's descendants, wipes out the king in the north, the king in the south, Israel in the north, Judah in the south, wipes off all of Ahab's descendants, wipes out the prophets of Baal, does all of this. And so I want to ask you, in thinking about the good king and bad king definition, was Jehu a good king or was he a bad king? Right. Well, just think about the last two chapters, you would say, man, Jehu was a good king, right? Because what makes a good king? A good king drives idol worship out of the land, and Jehu has done that. So really, you're reading this, and honestly, it's the most hopeful we've been about a king really since um, the beginning of the book, I guess since Solomon was there, right? Because this king is is doing what you're supposed to do. He's driving out idol worship and false gods from Israel and from Judah. But, but what we're going to see here is this in summary. Look at what happens in verse 28. It says, thus Jehu wiped out Baal from Israel. That's a good thing, right? He wiped out Baal. But Jehu did not turn aside from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. So, so, he, so he wiped out Baal, right? He, he, he did not go with the sins of Ahab, but he followed the sins of Jeroboam. And you say, what is that? Well, look at what it says. That is the golden calves that were in Bethel and in Dan. So if you remember way back when the kingdom split, Jeroboam kind of wanted to compete with Jerusalem, right? Jerusalem would have been in Judah. So he makes in these cities, Bethel and Dan, he makes these two golden calves that the people were to worship. Well, this is a direct disobedience, indirect disobedience to the Ten Commandments, right? You shall not make any graven image. It kind of brings us back to when the people get brought out of Egypt, right? And they make a golden calf. That's what Jeroboam does. And so Jehu is great in that he wipes out the prophets and the people of Baal. And God commends this. I mean, God literally says, And the Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well, carrying out what is right in my eyes, and have done to the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart, your sons, the fourth generation, shall sit on the throne of Israel. Right? So God is saying, Look, you did good with Ahab. So, so you did good, and, and God is not dishonoring him. God is saying, you've done great here. But but because he did not drive out the false idols of Bethel and Dan, because he didn't go and just rip down those golden calves, look at what it says in verse 31. But Jehu was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord, 
the God of Israel with all his heart. And he did not turn aside from the sins of Jeroboam, which he made Israel to sin, right? So, so he did a lot of great things, but there was some pretty glaring things that he should have done that he didn't. And so it's kind of a weird conflicting passage for us, right? Because in chapter nine and chapter 10, we, we know what makes good kings and bad kings, right? Good kings drive out idol worship, bad kings invite idol worship in. And, and we read chapter nine and chapter 10 and we're like, man, Jehu's got it going on, right? I mean, his sole mission is to drive out idol worship from the land. And so you're thinking that he's a good king, but, but here what happens is we learn that, that he's got some bad tendencies too. And, you know, the reason I didn't just lump this episode in with yesterday is I think it is just a continual, perpetual reminder that we're seeing in the book of First and Second Kings is that, man, we need a better king, right? We, we need a king who doesn't have flaws. We, we need a king who's not 80% good and only 20% bad or, or even like 99% like a really good king, but he's got kind of 1% that's a flaw. No, we need a better king. I mean, over and over as we're reading this book in First and Second Kings, we're reading through it and it's leaving us just longing for more. These these kings, these earthly kings are so unsatisfactory, right? You you finish and you're like, ah, oh, like even here where he was kind of good, you're just like, man, I wish you could have been better. We need a better king. And that's why when it's almost like, um, I just thought about this, but it's like when I finished a cross country race and I ran cross country in high school, you finish the race and you cross the finish line. There is nothing more refreshing than just cold water to your lips, right? Going to the cooler, getting water. It's so refreshing to just dump water on your head. It feels so good and it refreshes you and it restores you. And in the same way, that's kind of the feeling that we get when we get to Jesus, right? It's because we're reading this history and these kings are just not cutting it. These kings are just not good enough. These kings are leaving us longing for more. And then yet when we meet Jesus, we meet the true and perfect king. We meet the true and perfect king that perfectly lives out the law of God, perfectly is able to do what these kings are unable to do. And I praise the Lord that we don't rely on a man-made kingdom. We don't rely on some person that's someone's son that you know takes over just because he's in the lineage and all this stuff. But we have the true and perfect King and King Jesus, and that refreshes my soul today. And so I hope that encourages you. Um, it's kind of frustrating reading the First Kings because it leaves us longing for more. But I'm thankful that we find that more in the person and the work of Jesus, the true king of kings so i hope that encourages you i love you can't wait to see you tonight uh, as we walk through mark and i hope you bring someone with you we'll see you soon thanks so much for listening the point is a ministry of first baptist church indian trail for high school students we offer life groups every sunday morning at 8 9 30 and 11 o'clock and we meet on wednesday nights at 6 15 for more information you can go to our church's website at fbcit.org